God is breaking out some amazing things. Amen? Amen. How many of you guys love you some Jesus today? All right. So it's good to have you guys with us. If you're a visitor, it's great to have you guys. We love doing life with you guys. Um, man, I'm super pumped up. If you're regular, it's good to have you uh, with family. We call ourselves a family. We love doing life together. But uh, I'll be honest with you, this time change, I was kind of dreading it a little bit because I woke up this morning and I felt like a two by four. Anybody feel like a two by four got taken to you? And God was like, no. Uh, Aaron, it doesn't matter if you have lack of sleep. You're coming in to worship with your crew today, amen? And so I'm telling you, I'm, I'm super pumped for what God has for us and uh, what he's gonna do today. Um, over the next couple of weeks, um, not starting today, but starting next Sunday, we're gonna be in a series where we're looking at John 17, the book of John, uh, uh, chapter 17, Jesus' prayer. And so if you get a chance, look ahead, read that. We're gonna break down. This was kind of Jesus' last hurrah before he goes to the cross and then is resurrected. So um, we're gonna focus on that. But today... Today, we're going to go in a different direction, all right? Today, we're going to go in a different direction because I don't know if you felt this way, but I needed a new perspective this week, all right? I don't know if your week was like mine, but my week was really kind of up and down. Anybody have an up and down week a little bit? Like emotionally, physically, just spiritually kind of felt like you're under attack. And I'm not talking about the windstorm, all right? I'm just saying I, that, that was part of it. But I just, I don't know what it was. This week was just a week for me. I felt like the enemy was just attacking me from every direction. And, and, and some of it was the physical attack. I, I bought all this like PVC pipe for out there for our, the church. We were trying to do something out there. And the wind blew it away. I was furious, all right? And it was one of those moments where I was like, God, I could have done without that. You know how my week is. And then my brakes go out of my car. I'm like, hmm. Okay, God, what are, you trying to, you know, what are you trying to show me? Because I'm really struggling right now. And uh, this was kind of the, the, it's so stupid, but this was like the cherry on, on top. And it just seemed so stupid, but I had this really big pop setting in my console of my car. And I was turning the corner, maybe a bit sharply, okay? And the whole thing started to turn over and I went to grab it and it was made of styrofoam and my fingers went through it. Pop burst all over my car. Travis Kalsik was sitting next to me, all over him. That was funny. But it <laughs> burst all over into my car. And I was like, seriously, God, you know how my week is going. And I needed my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but that's how I felt. It was in that moment where all of this stuff was just piling on, emotionally, physically, all these things that I just felt like I was carrying in my life. And I'm like, God, I could have done without that. And then I'm meeting with people all through the week and I'm hearing the same things. That is this, Aaron, I just feel defeated in life today. I just feel defeated in my marriage. I feel defeated in my finances. I feel defeated at work. I feel defeated as a father. I feel defeated as a mother. I feel defeated as a friend. I feel defeated. Anybody resonate with that? It was just this like spirit of defeat in life. And I gotta tell you, it bothered me. Like it really bothered me that this kind of defeat mentality wasn't just in my life, but it was going around. And, and, and I felt like it was kind of this epidemic last week of everybody feeling defeat in their life. And so as I began to pray, you know, God, what, what do you have for us? He began to challenge me with some questions like, how can we as Christ followers, knowing what Jesus has done, knowing how Jesus has saved us, knowing how Jesus has redeemed us, how can we as Christ followers, walk in defeat and I get sometimes it's just a feeling and we, we get it but then I realized that it really it comes down to 
perspective. And that's why I said a new perspective, because it comes down to what's happening up here, that God really was just looking to shift my perspective and, and, and my attitude and my mindset to what it was that I was enduring last week. And the reason is, is we've been chasing after the presence of God. You guys know that. This has been a season over the last few weeks. We've been talking about the presence of God. We've been finding our position in Jesus Christ and all that comes with that inheritance, sonship, daughtership. And I was, I was, we've been chasing after all of that. But, but how easy it is to forget that with the presence of God and position in Christ, always, everybody say always, comes victory. Always comes victory. And it doesn't always feel that way, and I get that. And we get caught up in our feelings, and we get caught up in our emotions. But the reality is that when we chase the presence of God, and when we find our position in Jesus Christ, we always, everybody say always, have victory. Amen? And so you've heard me say this before, but I want to just reiterate it again. And we talked about this a while back, but Jesus did not just come to save us from hell. Get that out of your mind. Yes, man, salvation is great. Thank you, Lord. But Jesus did not just come to save us from hell. He came to save us to life in him. He came to save us to life in, in, in him. And that's why we have that John 10, 10 life. That's why Jesus says, I came to give you life. If he was just trying to save us from hell, then it would be a different circumstance. We'd still be miserable walking around. But he came to save us to life, to victory, to life in him. And so today, I just really felt like you needed encouraged the same way that I needed encouraged. Amen. I felt like we needed a dose of encouragement in this place that God has a desire to give you a victorious life today. In fact, as we were praying in between service, uh, Lisa Wallstead, that it's not that he's trying to save us, uh, or get, it's not freedom from something. He's not trying to give us freedom from something. He's trying to give us freedom to something, amen? He's trying to give us freedom to something, to his life, to his victory. The problem is this, many Many times we start defeated before we even get out of the gates. You guys know what I'm talking about? Before the doors even open up, we feel defeated. Before we even start the day, before we even rise up out of our beds, we start to have the perspective that today is over. Before anything else, we start to live that life of defeat before anything else happens in life. Let me kind of break that down for, 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 for you guys out there of how I feel about that. Um, we're in that season of March Madness. Any March Madness fans out there, right? A few of you basketball fans out there. Well, in my neighborhood, you can always tell when March Madness and tournament time and, and championships roll around because everybody has garage parties, all right? I think I'm the only guy that doesn't have a 65-inch TV in my garage. And so everybody's having garage parties, and you can always tell when their team wins or when their team loses because it's either cheers of victory or a lot of words you don't want to hear, all right? And so, you know, of course, with Wichita State, you know, losing just by a small margin or whatever the other day, man, you could just hear it with just anger and, I mean, maybe some throwing things. I don't really remember what all happened to that. But, but there was a lot of yelling and, and, and a lot of those things. Well, I got caught up in the KU-K-State game, all right? As you guys know, I'm an avid K-Stater. But, <laughs> amen, you're a holy man who ever said that, all right? I got caught up in the K-State, KU game, but I want you to know that before the gates even opened for the game to begin, I was already walking in defeat, all right? I heard Dean Wade was out, and I thought, it's over. 
Dean Wade's out, he's pretty much our team, right? And so I'd already started off with this mentality that there was no way that we were gonna win. And, and knowing what I was gonna preach on today, God's kind of convicted my heart like, you know that's not true. It's not all about one person. You've got a whole team. And so I kind of started like resonating with that. I was like, maybe there is hope. And then Barry goes out in the first three minutes, right? Why? Because y'all gouged his eye out, all right? It was an intentional eye, I watched it in slow-mo. The hand went in and you dug his eyeball out. That's what you did. That's how it looked to me. Any other K-Staters see that from my, all right. You went in, you dug it out, you took out our best two players. And from that moment on, I couldn't watch the game anymore. From that moment on, it was just defeat. Like, we are not gonna win. And so the, the gate had not even, we were four minutes into a ball game and I couldn't even watch because I was living in a defeated mentality, right? <laughs> I'm doing the preaching, okay? <laughs> and then God came down with the Shekinah glory and he illuminated, no, I'm just kidding, all right. So, so I'm watching, I'm already feeling defeated. And so again, knowing what, what I was preaching on and seeing that, God just began to resonate in my heart that there's so many times before we even get out of the gate that we already start defeated. And then he showed me a picture of the tournament in this, you know, how, how we get into the tournament and you get seated and, and all this. And he showed me a picture of the tournament that for a lot of these teams, these, these, these championship games, their, their, their tournament and their championship game don't really matter because what really matters is if you can win the NCAA tournament. And so what he was showing me is there's a lot of these teams that are already walking in victory because they know that they've already been put into the big dance. They're already in. They're not striving and struggling for it. And then there's a lot of other teams, they're not in yet. They, they haven't made it into the tournament. So this is a big deal. How they play today is a big deal. And so it's ups and downs and they're striving and they're struggling. Every basket counts, every play counts, everything counts for them or against them. And so they're really, really struggling because they're striving to make it in. And God showed me just a picture that there's so many of us in this room that feel the same way in our Christianity. There are those that walk around knowing, man, we're in. God has put us in. We're seated, amen? We've got a seat at the table. We're in it. We're in it. God's put us in. And there's a group of us over here that we're trying, man, and we're struggling. We think that every place, and so every time we try to move in life, whether it's a defeat or ups and downs, affects the way that we live in life. And so God was showing me something as we were praying through this that I just want to encourage you with that I needed encouragement with last week. And, and so I'm going to ask you to bring that up, slide up if you would. And that's this. When we operate in a position fighting for victory, it will always bring insecurity. But when we operate in a position fighting from victory, it will always bring confidence in Jesus Christ. You see, church, those two words make a difference, for and from. When I'm fighting for something, there's the, well, what if? What if I don't do it right? What if I don't get it right? What if I, what if I don't do well? What if, I, what if I can't make it? What if I, what if I, what if I? And it's also a mentality of, I'm not sure if, if I am good enough. I'm not sure that I can. I don't even know if I'm qualified. When we're fighting from a position for victory, there's all the what ifs and can I and all of those things. When we're operating a position fighting from victory, it's all about what he's already done. 
It's all about what he's already done. I've already won. I'm already in the tournament. I don't have to fight for it because I'm seated in the number one spot. Amen? You see, church, this is what I needed last week because the enemy was coming at me with everything that he had. And so I want to show you this from Romans chapter 8. If you guys have your Bibles, Romans chapter 8. Can somebody hit the AC, uh, one of the guys back there? That would be awesome. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Um, what I want to do is just kind of work through a little bit of this, um, this scripture verse because I believe that God has um, some things for you and I to resonate with in, in this particular verse. Romans 8, starting with verse 29. Listen to this. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. Everybody say, like his son. Now, underline that in your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles today, because he's saying right here that them is me and you, that he chose us to be like Jesus. Look what he says. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Look how he's building. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Man. So, so not only did he invite us in, not only did he give us right standing, but then he put us at the table with all of the cool people, right? God invited us in with all of the good teams. He brought us in. He didn't just give us right standing. He gave us his glory. Church, someone needs to hear this today. So he invited us in with Jesus Christ. He wanted us to be like his son, purified, spotless, blameless. But it started with Jesus so that now you and I can walk in that same manner. Look at this. What shall we say about such wonderful things? What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, say it. Who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. No one for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Look, if you feel condemned today, no one has that right. Amen? No one has that right. Then he goes on in verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hunger or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake we were killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Everybody say no. no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is. That's key. Everybody say is is ours through Christ who loved us. It doesn't say victory will be ours. It doesn't say victory will come every now and again. It says right now, you and I are walking victorious, so why in the world are we walking defeated? Overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. And the part I love about this so much is he doesn't just say, you're kind of victorious. He's saying it's a smackdown in victory, amen? Like they're not even in the same league. Overwhelming victory. Not it's oh it's super close. You may make it, you may, you may not. You have overwhelming victory. So the only thing that I can see in this is that we've got to change our perspective on how we're viewing life then, church. Amen. 
If this is truth and we believe this is truth, and I'm not taking away the fact that we feel defeated sometimes because we do, but if this is truth, then it's a perspective change of understanding what Jesus has done in our life. So how do we operate from victory then? This is awesome. How do we operate from victory then? First of all, we have to understand that Jesus was never defeated. Do we all resonate with that, all right? He's one and oh, and that one and oh is everything, amen? Jesus was never defeated. And I just feel like we need to reiterate that, that just in case we forget, Jesus never lost. And so sometimes the enemy's gonna say, but remember the cross. And then we say, but remember the empty tomb, amen? Like he was just, he was never defeated and he chose them. He says here in Romans 8, 29 in that scripture, he chose us to become like his son. So if Jesus was never defeated, what's he want for us? To not be defeated, to not live defeated, to live victorious. Now I'm just gonna ask this question. I know it's probably no brainer. How many of you guys are a little bit competitive out there? All right, pretty much the entire church, that's great. I don't like to lose, do you guys know that? I hate losing, I don't like to lose. You gouged Barry's eye out, did I tell you that? You, you gouged it out, anyways. So, so, so I, I don't like to lose, and then last week we invited Shelly, um, Shelly Tomlinson who came and spoke, she did an awesome job. The, she, she's the conference speaker from Louisiana. She came up here and she led the women's conference. And Shelly and I, we just met each other and the competitive nature just came out. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? So Matt invited us over to his house for a game night. And it was guys versus girls. That's never good, all right? It's never healthy, but it's awesome, okay? And so Shelly was like, Aaron, I don't lose. You're, you're going down. And I was like, oh, I will cheat, right? And I'm just saying, you know you do it, right? So we have this competitive natures with one another. And this is, you watch Shelly in the background of this video. This is kind of what played out over at Matt's house. Can you show that video? Hey, Chris! <laughs> oh, Say it! want you to know, did y'all see Shelly in the back? She was tormented from that. She, they only, girls only got four points, we got 10. I'm just throwing that out, all right? She was tormented, did somebody say cheated? <laughs> she was tormented from that. And I'm teasing her and we're laughing and I'm like, Shelly, how's it feel? You know, she's, she's the guest speaker. I'm like, How does it feel to lose and all these kind of things? And she goes, Aaron, it is not in my DNA to lose. That's what she said. It's not in my DNA to lose. I, it's not in my DNA to be defeated. And I was just writing this message. I thought about those words and it resonated in my heart. It is not in our DNA to be defeated. God never created us with a defeated mentality. From the very beginning, in Genesis chapter one, do you remember the command that he gave to Adam and Eve? Rule and what? Reign, rule and reign. Be victorious, subdue the earth. It was never, ever in our DNA to live a defeated lifestyle. And then something happened, yes. At the fall, when Adam and Eve gave up their rights, 
they traded in that victorious DNA for a defeated DNA. But at the cross, but at the cross, but at the cross, we won back that victorious DNA because of his, Jesus Christ's glory on the cross. Church, come on now, amen? You wanna know how I know that? Because Colossians tells me. In chapter two, verse 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us. He canceled my defeat. He canceled my defeat. He canceled my loss record. He canceled my defeat. Look what he says. And, and he canceled the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by what? His victory, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. It's never been about my victory. It's always been about his, and I'm riding his coattails. Amen? Church, so whatever was our defeat, he has made us victorious in him. Whatever was our shame, he has made us victorious in him. Whatever was our insecurity, he has now given us security in him. We do not hang our heads as the body of Christ. Now, I know we get knocked down, and I know how it feels. Somebody out there today is going, you have no idea how I feel in defeat right now. I, I get it. Every person in whose flesh and blood gets that we absolutely feel defeat in our life, but I want you to know something. Defeat only belongs to those who stay down. Defeat only belongs to those who stay down. Jesus did not stay down in that tomb, amen? But he came out. Lazarus did not stay down in that tomb when Jesus called him out. Sounds like an Easter message today, amen? But he came out. We rise up, and I'm just gonna say, if, if this is okay, I'm gonna say this. I don't care if it's okay or not. Listen, it is time for the church to rise up and stop staying down. It's time. And I'm not talking about a, 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 a place with walls. I'm not talking about a church with walls. I'm talking about the body of Christ. If Jesus resurrected his body and now we're his body and Jesus rose up his body and he walked out of his grave, then you and I need to resurrect at his body and walk out of our graves of defeat. And I get you get knocked down by marriage, and you get knocked down by family, you get knocked down by work, and you get knocked down by, I get it, finances, all of that. And I'm just telling you right now to remember what Jesus tells us in 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God. You don't belong to yourself. My dear children, you have already, somebody say already. Now say it with passion. You have already won a victory over those people. And let me just say, those people, those circumstances, those issues in your life. You have already won a victory over those peoples and situations and circumstances because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. So how do we operate 
Amen? So how do we operate from victory then? How do we do it? Number one, real quickly, let me run through this. Number one, we put our eyes on Jesus. We've been saying this for weeks. Presence of God is everything. You can have all the head knowledge in the world. You can have all the biblical head knowledge of the world. But if our eyes are not fixed on the presence of Jesus, it's simply words and it doesn't do anything in our life. Amen? So we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Nancy Tant had a profound word the other day on a Thursday morning Bible study, and she says this. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We put our eyes on Jesus, and she says this. Wherever our eyes go, we will follow. Amen? So if my eyes are simply on the fact that my work is going crazy right now, and I put all of my eyes on my work, then I'm going to miss what it is that God has for me to deal with my issues at work. And let me say it on this side. For those of you married, and I've heard of a lot of marriage issues that are happening right now. In the body of our family here, there's a lot of marriage things. Look, we've got strife at times. But if we put our eyes on our marriage and we try to fix our marriage and we take our eyes off of the one who ordained marriage and we put our eyes on our marriage, then I'm telling you right now, our life will ebb and flow however our marriage is doing. Amen? But if I put my eyes on Jesus and I fix my eyes on him, then I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be a perfect author and perfecter of my marriage. We've got to put our eyes on Jesus. Church, listen. We operate from a position of victory because Jesus won it for us. The price was paid. It was paid that we not live a defeated life, and it comes from fixing our eyes on him. So listen to this truth that I want to share with you. No matter the pressure or the trials or the hardships or the struggles that you encounter, which are very real in life, and I get that, But no matter how hard those are, the difficulty of those things is nothing compared to the level of victory that you walk in with Jesus Christ. But how do we get there? We have to change our perceptions. We have to change our mindsets. And why is this so important to Christ? This was one of my favorite things that I read this week. Why is this so important to Christ? Look at 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Look at this. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. You remember I told you we're walking on his coattails? That it was never about our victory? That's what we're doing. We're like, Jesus, man, I'm captivated by you. I'm your captive. I'm walking in your procession of victory because you are victorious. And so it has nothing to do with ours. But it says this, that he leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us. Everybody say, uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Do you know what that means, church? It means that when we're walking in the procession of Jesus Christ, when we're walking in his victory, not our own victory, when we're walking in his victory and everybody sees the arrows that are flaming at us and they're going, man, how are you taking all of those arrows and how is it that you still have joy in the midst of that? And we're walking in that and and we're going, because it's the joy of the Lord, because my victory is found in him, because I don't look at my circumstances, because I look at my faith, because I know what he can do. When we're doing that, it's an aroma that comes out of you and everyone around you says, I want to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let me put this on a practical level. There's a guy, um, Nancy uh, was sharing with us, she shares with us a a guy named James Kong Bell, and uh, he's a missionary. Uh, He's an African man, a missionary. I believe he's from Kenya, but he goes down to some really difficult places in Africa, uh, usually in the Sudan, and uh, where if you know that it's a war torn country right now, and you go down there, and the chances of getting shot, killed, murdered, all those things are just 
everyday experiences. And he goes down and he, he, he helps families, but in particular, he takes children out of there that have been, uh, their parents have been killed, they've been tried to be sell, sold into slavery. He takes these children out of these places and he puts them in places that are safe havens, right? And so James, he's constantly emailing Nancy, and then Nancy shares the reports with us, and he's constantly emailing Nancy, and he's like, hey, be praying for me. And these are the kinds of reports he gives. I was on a bus, militants came, they lit the bus on fire because they wanted to watch us burn, and then anybody who tried to run out the doors, they just shot. And he says, I'm sitting there lying on the ground pray, uh, pleading to Jesus, Jesus, I'm gonna burn up. I've gotta get off this bus. He said, the minute that I bolted for the door, they had ran out of bullets and had to reload. He jumped into the bush in Africa. They got their clip in. They fired a few shots. He was unharmed. And at the end of his messages, basically his terminology is this, praise God that I get to serve his kingdom. He sends another note. He calls Nancy, mama. Mama, I was up in the attic of this house. Up in the attic of this house, there was militants chasing me. They wanted to kill me. This family brings me in. They hide me up in their attic. I'm up there for days at a time, whatever it was. I'm up there for days at a time. I hear them break into the doors. I hear them slaughter the family that took me in while I hide up in the attic. Be praying for me. Praise God that I get to serve in the kingdom. Church, you want to talk about an aroma for kingdom? There's an aroma that comes out of James. He's not defeated, he's victorious. He's not gonna live a defeated life. He's gonna live a victorious life. He's not living in his circumstances, he's living in his faith. And Paul tells us the same thing in 2 Timothy 3, 11. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured, you know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. But look what he says. But the Lord rescued me from some of it. Say it. From all of it. But Paul, weren't you, weren't you martyred? The Lord rescued me from all of it. Why? Because my victory doesn't last 100 years on this life. My victory is for eternity. How do we operate in victory? Keep our eyes on Jesus. Number two, we, we see every obstacle as an opportunity that Jesus has already overcome. I'm gonna say that again because somebody needs to hear that. We see every obstacle as an opportunity that Jesus has already overcome. And then when we see that difficult situation as an opportunity, we get to participate in Christ's victory over it. Amen? Let me read to you a scripture real, real quickly. You're never facing something new. The amplified version of 1 Corinthians 10, 13 real quickly says this. For no temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and it is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience and such as man can bear. But God is faithful, do I hear an amen? To his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and, and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure, but with the temptation, he will always, somebody say always, 
provide the way out, the means of escape to a landing place, even if that landing place is heaven, amen, that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. What you are facing today or this week or in this season of your life, Jesus has already overcome. There's nothing new and there's nothing outside the ability of him. Number three, number three, how do we operate in victory? We trust the promise in God's word. Last scripture, listen to this. First Peter 4.1 says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. God was showing me something in that scripture verse where it basically said the reason that Jesus could go to the cross knowing his victory is because he trusted in his father. The reason that you and I don't have to live in defeat is because we trust what this word says. We trust the promises of what scripture tells us. And so here's what I wanna do today. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. I wanna have a moment where we just spend some time praying As they come up, I'm gonna pull up this last slide. We pull up that last slide for me? I wanna ask you a question on this. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. So my question to you, church, is are you fighting for victory in your life right now? Or are you fighting from victory in your life right now? Because those two words right there, for and from, in the perception in which you bring your mind to in those two words will either radically change how you view victory in your life or you will continue to walk in defeat. So we're gonna practice this today. Everybody stand up. And if you know that this is you, that you have been fighting for victory, you know that this is you. You've been fighting for victory in your life. You have not been fighting from victory. And so because you've been fighting for victory, that insecurity comes in and that I just feel like I can't do it. And those moments of going, I just can't overcome and and all of those things. If that's you and you know that that first part is you, you've been fighting for victory and you're ready to be done with that and you're ready to start fighting from victory, the DNA that God has given you, I'm just gonna ask everybody in this room to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And if that's you and you know that you're ready to go from that top one to that bottom one, you're done with the four, you're ready for the from, I'm gonna ask you to extend your hands out just in front of you like you're getting ready to receive a baby, like you're ready to receive new life, like God's ready to put something that's super precious in your hands. And I just wanna pray over today. Heavenly Father, today, We do not desire to be a church, and I'm not talking buildings and structures, I'm talking about the body of Christ. We do not desire to be a church that walks in a defeated lifestyle any longer. We desire to be a church that walks in victory because you walk in victory. We desire to be a church that walks in an attitude from victory and not an attitude for victory. And so today, Jesus, we are positioning ourselves. We are praying that, God, you would place in our hands a new perspective where, God, we are fighting from victory and not for victory. Because if we're fighting for victory, we're forgetting what you've already done. So today, God, I pray for a bunch of from people in here. From victory, we will fight when the devil comes in and tries to destroy our marriages. From victory, we will fight when the devil comes in and tries to destroy our relationships. 
from victory. We will fight when the devil tries to come in and destroy what you've built up in our life. We're done with trying to fight for. You've already fought for. We're going to ride in your love and grace of fighting from the victory of Jesus Christ. And so, God, we receive that today. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Church, we're going to close.